Thank you. Hey, I don't know the, the brother's last name or the first name. The guy that was, he's awesome. Oh, yeah. I think he should host everything I ever do. He, he's he just got it right, spilling right out of his mouth like that. He could be a preacher. Easily be a preacher. Because he can just tell a lie like that. And so it was, I, I'm just saying. I'm not saying, but I'm just saying, all right? So, all right, I, just, I have some fun uh, quotes from famous people about marriage. Some of them really, really got me going here. Uh, marriage is a wonderful institution, but who wants to live in an institution? That's, that's Groucho Marx. Uh, Albert Einstein said, you know, he, he's a pretty smart guy. Him and, you know, Solomon. Uh, Women marry men, women marry men, hoping they will change men, marry women, hoping they will not. So each is inevitably disappointed. <laughs> Irma Bombeck, uh, if you don't know who she is, you should uh, just look up. So she says, marriage has no guarantees. If that's what you're looking for, go live with a car battery. <laughs> they have like a five-year guarantee. Uh, then there's the last one. It's tough to stay married. My wife kisses the dog on the lips, yet she won't drink from my glass. <laughs> and that's Rodney Dangerfield. I don't get no respect. You know. So anyway, uh, thank you for listening. That was a lot of fun for me. I hope it was for you as well. <clears throat> so if you'll take your Bible and turn to Ephesians chapter number five, because evidently Brother Seth is afraid I'm going to go a long time. He's probably got to go to sleep or something, you know. Young man, all looking for, I'm going to get my beauty rest. Yes, you do. All right. So we're going to read one verse, and uh, we'll get right into this. Uh, so Twyla and I have had the privilege of pastoring at Temple Baptist uh, there. We've actually been there uh, this year for 22 years. I've been pastoring there for 19 years. Uh, but we've... we've uh, counseled over the years. My first year, what in the world was I thinking? I had 17 marriages. There's no preacher that wants to marry 17 people <laughs> or 17 couples. You know why? There's always a mother-in-law. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> that's not the way you should do it. Anyway, uh, sorry if your mom, mother-in-law is that way. I'm probably a nightmare going to happen tonight. Sorry, I didn't mean to bring that up, but one of the things that uh, is always interesting to me, and we say uh, as we're winding up the uh, counseling, is this. So what we've done is given you the Bible. There are books we've given you to read, and we've talked about stuff. Do you know the only way you're going to succeed is if you follow, and I always, I always do this, is if you follow this. And if you won't follow this, then you'll be back in my office in two years. And it won't be pleasant. And I'll say to the man, because I'm going to say, have you been doing this? And here's what you're going to say. No. And I'm going to say to you, young lady, have you been doing this? No. And one of you is going to say, well, if she would, if he would... And that's the problem. 
Nobody wants to take responsibility. And I know this is supposed to be fun, and it will be fun. I'll tell some stories that you'll be, I hope, will make you laugh. Uh, but if they don't, too bad. And so, because I don't care. Anyway, uh, obviously. But there's, there's, there's a verse right here in Ephesians. It's, it's verse number 33. That should be the first clue. We're going to go through the book of Ephesians, or the book, yes, we're going to go through the entire Bible tonight, so it won't be that long. Uh, but in verse number 33, the Bible says this, Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word and thank you for your love. And God, thank you for the folks that would come uh, here tonight to uh, desire to learn from your word uh, exactly the way you have planned for couples. And I'm thankful that we can go to your word because we do, we, we do have uh, men and women who've written great books. And most of those great books are centered around the word of God. But there's certainly something that we all need in our lives, and that's more of you. And so I pray tonight that we would take the message from your word tonight and use it in a way that would enhance our relationship. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you know your Bible, you know in Deuteronomy, Moses told the children of Israel, I've given you this law, I've given you the law of God, and if you live, if you do the law, it will be life to you. Right. Now he's not talking about eternal life, he's talking about a decent life while you walk on this planet. And it seems to me, uh, especially in the last uh, year, I've encountered several couples and I'm just going to be honest, they're mostly millennial-aged couples. Sorry if you're that, just peace, because we saw some over here, right here, and they know everything about everything about each other. And the reason is because they haven't been married that long, but they know a lot of stuff. Because the longer you live with a person, the more you think you know. <laughs> Actually, that's not true. And so, so I thought Twyla would think, I, I, I enjoy having fun. And, uh, and we got married, and we had our uh, first uh, child, Rachel. And uh, some of you know Rachel, and you go, oh, God bless you. And so, uh, but we had Rachel, and uh, I was a milkman. It's true. I, w I delivered milk at night. Uh, Twyla was a, a school teacher. True. She, she taught school and the cheerleading coach. Rah, rah, rah. And so... She, uh, she was busy during the day, I was busy at night, and then I would get a couple of nights off, and so she would tell people at the school as she was pregnant, this is the milkman's. <laughs> and uh, it was true. I was a janitor when she had her son, she said, this is the janitor's. We weren't in a good godly place at that time, so anyway. Uh, so I thought I, I, I had known Twyla, you know, all, it, we had tried to have children. So it's five years into our marriage. And so we're excited. And, and this was before you knew what the child, you know, was going to be. Because if you ever saw one of those, uh, you know, whatever they're called, ultrasounds, they look like blobs. Oh, look at the blob. It's moving. 
And so, oh, look, it's sucking its thumb. And I'm like, how can you see the thumb? I don't know. Anyway, and so she uh, had our daughter, and I would come home uh, in the mornings about 7, and I would take care of the baby till she got home around 3, 3.30. And so I had a great arrangement with her. I never saw her, but I got to hold the baby. And so... Uh, Rachel, of course, being a baby, would cry, and babies are liars. They cry for no reason sometimes, and I couldn't figure out all the time why she was crying because I'm a father. Now, I'm not a mean person. I like kids. I love being around anybody's kids. They can't make me mad. Uh, adults make me mad, but kids never make me mad. They can kick me, pinch me, bite me. I just laugh. And, but adults, all they have to do is just talk. Now, anyway, that's a, this is a merit comeback run. And so, anyway... Uh, Rachel would cry, and she would start just crying. And, and I would look back at her, and I'd go, what's wrong? And I'd check her diaper. No, nothing. Right, is she hungry? No. She said, no. What does she want? Twyla, why would you do this? And so then I thought, you know, I'm going to try something. <laughs> and she'd go. I just wish I knew what she was thinking at that moment. The guy's lost it. <laughs> and she would look at me, and I would, we'd have a nice day. Twyla would come home. We did that several, several weeks, and then I had a couple of nights off, and I thought, I wonder if I could fake Twyla out. <laughs> I didn't know it had been a rough day with the baby. You can't blame that on me. But... <laughs> She, she would go to bed, <clears throat> and she comes in, she lays down in the bed, and Twyla still does this to this day. We've been married uh, almost 40 years. She gets in the bed. <clears throat> but before she does, she gets in bed, she gets all snuggled in, this, she does this. I'm like, she's gone. <clears throat> I am not that person. I'm laying in bed going, Gah! go to sleep. You've got to get up at five. She's like. <laughs> anyway, she went to sleep. She got in there. <gasps> Evidently, it had been a rough day. I don't know. Rachel was in a bassinet in our room. And I went. <laughs> she got him. She goes. She's not crying. That must have been a dream. I'm laying in bed going. <laughs> she gets in bed. <laughs> I go. <laughs> she gets up. Because it doesn't matter. I could say, I'm dying. I'm having a heart attack. No, she's not going to wake up. The baby, boom. <laughs> I'm going crazy. <laughs> now I'm... <laughs> and I'm thinking in my mind, when she finds out I'm doing this, it's going to be hilarious. 
She gets in bed. I don't think she figured it out, but I do think that I jumped the gun. Because <laughs> I was having such a good time. And she was not. And I went, and she goes, yeah. Got right up on me, and I'm in an abusive relationship. My wife beats me. Now some of you ladies are going, oh, dude, I already know. Uh, some, if you'd have been my husband, I'd have killed you. Whip your hair out of your head. I thought it would be funny, but it wasn't. I thought when we got married, it was going to be all roses and no thorns. I thought I didn't really have to do anything to make this marriage work. All I had to do was just make money, let her spend it, keep my mouth shut. That didn't work either. You're going, well, Brother Ron, I mean, so the, the problem is, and we do have fun. We, we still do. We have a lot of fun. We laugh at everything. I mean, we were with your pastor and his wife, and we were laughing the whole time. I'm sure everybody around was like, what are they drinking over there? But uh, we were just enjoying talking to each other and talking about the grandkids and how evil they are and so forth. And, but do you know, I, I say this to couples all the time, love is not going to keep you together. Love, love will keep us together. Every time I say that, I, that's the song that comes to my mind. But love is not going to keep you together. Duty is not going to keep you together. Communication is not going to keep you together. What's going to keep you together is that you, in particular, make a choice to be the person you're supposed to be for Christ, not for your wife or your husband. And that's what this chapter is about. If you read anywhere in the Bible, and we'll do this uh, a couple of times uh, uh, tonight and then tomorrow again, but if you read your Bible, every time there's some kind of information given about the way you're supposed to live a Christian life, there's also an addendum or a part of it that speaks to the husband and the wife, because what churches need to function correctly are couples and families that are following Christ. If you follow Christ and you'll do what the Bible says, you will never have to be counseled. Why? Because you'll be doing what you're supposed to do. And we're going to start with the, the, this word in particular. Particular is a singular word, and it means you as an individual. That's why it says the man should love his wife and the wife should reverence. Yeah, it's in the Bible. Reverence your husband. To reverence is to respect with admiration and with love. To love means I love expecting nothing in return. I give myself to her and love her 
because she needs it. But it's my job in particular. Now, here's, here's the problem. What do, how do I accomplish that, Brother Ron? I mean, that's what everybody says. And I love my wife. I love her. Okay, let, let, let's, let's, let's look at what the Bible says. How are we going to love? Now, listen. I know in a group this size, and I know in people that I've talked to, whether you're an older couple or a younger couple, you're every, almost every person, when they come back and they want to talk about what, what the problems are in their marriage, and here's what they'll say, well, she won't do this. He doesn't meet my needs. She won't meet my needs. Listen, I've been through that, and here's what I say. It's not her job to meet your needs. It's your job to love her, sir. Whether she meets your needs is not what you're looking for. If your needs are the things that are to, need to be met, then you're thinking wrong. Well, no, Brother Ron, I read a book, and there's this book. That's the problem. Christians have gone nuts trying to figure out, well, if we just had a better physical relationship. You know, I'm not even going to address that. If you have a problem with your physical relationship, I'll just tell you right now, you have a problem with your spiritual relationship. Because what every couple needs is a spiritual foundation, solid, which means I've got to be a Christian in particular. And she has to be a, a Christian in particular. I cannot be a follower of Christ for her. She cannot be a follower of Christ for me. I must choose. It, sir, if you don't have personal devotions and prayer time with God every day, you can't ever be what she needs you to be because you can't be what God's made you to be for in Christ. Ma'am, if you don't have a personal... Well, I've got kids. My wife, when we had children, started getting up at 4.30 in the morning every morning so she could have private time with the Lord. Do you know she still gets up at 4.30 or 5 every morning because it's become a habit? And some of you are like, my wife doesn't even wake up till the crack of noon. Hmm. I will just say, it takes effort to be what you're supposed to be. If you're going to try to be it to fix your marriage, it's not going to work. You've got to be this person because this is the person you are in Christ. Verse number one, be ye therefore followers of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become as saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. Verses 1 through 5 say, these are the things that you used to be, this is what you, this is what God has made you. This is the person you're supposed to be in Christ. Walk in love. Follow God as dear children. If you have children, you know exactly what that means. Especially if you're a grown, if you're a, if you're a man and you're old enough to have, like I am, old enough to have grandchildren. This is a, this is a, a child that follows dearly. Uh, my grandson, Harrison, uh, doesn't like to touch frogs 
or any kind of animal at all. He hates dogs. He hates cats. And, and he's, he's not a sissy. He's 100% boy. He just doesn't like animals. I mean, you, can, you, you could have a stuffed animal and go like this. He goes, ah! Like that. He goes, son, you cannot be like this because you're not my grandson. You can't do that. Act like a man! And he, he doesn't anyway. But so we're sitting out on a log one night out by the pond in back of the house. And there's frogs chirping. You know, everybody hears... And so I, I'm sitting there, I go, oh, did you hear that? And he goes, what? I said, there's frogs talking to each other. He said, there are. I said, yes, they're speaking to each other right now. What are they saying, Papa? You, can, you know frog? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> Brother Ron, you're a liar. Hey, it's my story. And so he's, he goes, well, what are they saying? I said, that's the girl frog. She's saying, will you come over to my tree? And then you hear one over here going, he said, what's that one saying? I'm busy. I've got to work tonight. The other frog would go real high pitched. There she is. She's pretty mad. She wants him to come home. What is he saying? Okay, I'll come home. Bring home Sonic. She wants him to bring home Sonic. <laughs> I didn't know they served flies at Sonic. So he runs in the house. He goes, Nanny, you're not going to believe this. Papa speaks Froganese. <laughs> you know why? Because children, they like to be amused, but they love those who will love them and lead them. Here's what the Bible says. God loves you. He's leading you. So follow him like a dear child. He gave you everything. Amen. You go, Brother Ron, what does this have to do with marriage? Just hold on, bucko. All right, we're going to get there. You, the, the problem is nobody in particular wants to be a believer, a follower of God as a dear child. That's her job. That's his job. When actually, take your finger like this. Everybody hold up your finger like this. Yep, come on, everybody. Hey, play, play, play. I'm all insistent that people, I used to, yeah, there, all right, very good. Brother Ted, finally, ah. I mean, Seth's finger went up right away, but you're like old. Oh, it's just arthritis. And so go like this. You. You are supposed to be. A, whoa, whoa. Well, Brother Ron, I look over here. My wife, it, I'm just telling you, sir, follow God as a dear child. Ma'am, don't say, well, if he was a better leader. Yeah, well, you could say that about any man in the world. Look at our president. And so... Um, uh, I mean, inflation and such. I got, uh, I got that from the, the, the stand-up comedian. But uh, he was great. I just love him. And so anyway, I mean, I was literally crying down here. And the fact of the matter is we're so busy looking at everybody else. I, I mean, even as a pastor, sometimes I go, boy, if that person would just follow God. You know what I need to be saying to myself? Boy, if you would just follow God and worry about you, you wouldn't be looking around trying to figure out, well, well, love as Christ loved. I mean, this, this is the standard. Now, we're going to get to what men and women are supposed to do in the relationship, but as a believer, a follower of God, I must love as Christ loved. You know how Christ loved? He loved Judas Iscariot and knew who he was. Oh, well, she's so mean. You don't know how mean my wife is. 
moving on. And so it doesn't, well, Brother Ron, you just don't know. She spends all the money. These are things I've heard. I heard a, a, a man that I know his wife was, is a, a, still a quality young lady say, well, she just was so hateful all the time. She never talked to me about love. And she, when I would say, I love you, she, she wouldn't respond. I was like, what in the world? Somebody slap him or slap me. Yeah. Why? That's so childish. Aren't you glad Jesus didn't say, when Jesus came to uh, Peter and said, lovest thou me, lovest thou me, lovest thou me, he wasn't asking him because he was trying to get an emotional high. He was asking him to prove a point to Peter. You're not supposed to love as Christ loved so that you get love back. You're supposed to love like Christ loved and expect nothing in return. We are, we are, we, we place our expectations so astronomically high that when we get married and we start living in reality, when the person lying next to you actually does snore. See, some of you are like right now, I know, I feel your pain, Brother Ron. Earplugs, awesome. So, and I don't, I don't say to her, well, Twyla, you kept me up all night. I'm going to go to the other room. No, I just... And as soon as I go, you go, well, I think that's bad that you talk about your wife like that. I am telling you, we need to all get a big dose of reality. We're not married to perfect people. We're married to sinners and snorers. And so I'm not mad about it. And believe it or not, I've told this to other people. So she's not sitting down here going, I'm going to kill you when we get back to the room. <laughs> she's not doing that. Why? Because... I assure you, I'm not the same person I was that she married. I used to be very good looking. I know it's hard to believe now. It's hard to believe for any moment. But my hair used to be down here, and I had a business in the front and party in the back. Kind of flipped up back there. And I was, I was never buff. So, uh, I mean, lying can only be taken so far, but... The fact of the matter is that if I expect her to meet, she's never going to meet my expectations because my expectations are always changing. And I know that's the same for her. I love it that no matter what, what's going on, no matter, if you watch her, she laughs at some of the dumbest things I say. Do you know why? She still thinks I'm the biggest goofball she ever met, and that's why she married me. Funny goes a long way, way past buff. Let me just tell you. <laughs> Pretty soon, Buff is going to be down here, all right? I still bring the funny. Okay, so, but, and some of y'all know that, because you used to be like, I'm Arnold Schwarzenegger. We are here to pump you up. And now you're all like, boo down here. I'm going to Swadley's. How y'all doing? And so, <laughs> that just pumped in my head. All right. The fact of the matter is, that if you say, well, she used to be beautiful, what are you thinking? You know what? You look at yourself in the mirror, or he used to be handsome. Dude, I used to have hair. Used to, woulda, coulda, shoulda. We're placing expectations 
that as a follower of God, now let me, you go, well, Brother Ron, why is this so important? Well, it's important because if you ever have these discussions in your marriage, here's some of the damaging things going on. Well, I don't know, that, that church just isn't meeting our need. The preacher, get, now look, if you said this about Brother Gaddis, you need to get brain surgery, and then that's not going to help you either. But it, bro, he just doesn't feed me. <laughs> what are you looking, what do you, what do you want? Fruity pebbles is what you want. Quit lying. And so, oh, he just isn't feeble. And I, listen, I know people have left the church and said that. Why? Because they've left Temple Baptist Church and say that. And I'm not saying I'm a great preacher. I'm saying you only get fed as much as you're hungry for. And if you come with some expectation, well, he doesn't preach. I've had people say this. Well, his, the youth, our youth director isn't like their youth director. It doesn't matter. Your expectations are in the wrong place. I'm following God as a dear child. He's put me in Christ. Here's what I'm supposed to do. Love like him, follow like him, live like him so that I can be a sacrifice, just like him, a sacrifice to God of a sweet smelling savor so I don't stink in God's nose. Then I'm supposed to leave everything that I used to be and the things I think I still want. Listen, but fornication... Let me just stop here and say, any type of activity, physical activity, that should be in marriage, that is exercised outside of marriage, including adultery, is fornication. It's part of the same word. Guys go, well, it was just one time. One time is fornication. Well, I just looked at that one picture and then that next picture, and that next picture, it's fornication. It's not you hurt your wife. It's you sinned against God. And you're going back to the flesh. Listen, uh, all uncleanness. What, what else do you need? Covetousness. It's not to be not be once named. Let it not be once named among you. As becometh saints. I love that word becometh. Because it means this isn't what you should look like. Can I just stop here and say movies, music, conversation, actions, places, dress, friends, influences, what you read. Those are all things that can make you look like Something you're not supposed to be. There are, there's a plethora of young men today in the ministry that are changing their position on doctrine for one reason. They are being influenced by wrong thinking that does not become a saint. Well, Brother Ron, you don't understand all the intricacies of all of the problems in the world. I do. I live in the same world that you live in. The problem is not the world. The problem is us. We're not living as that that become a saint. You know what? When Twyla goes out and we're walking, I don't expect her to grab another man's hand. I, th I think that guy, I like him. I'm just going to grab his hand. Why? Well, that wouldn't be very becoming. Now, actually, at church, I walked up behind a lady. I thought it was Twyla. <laughs> These things happen to me. <laughs> I 
I put my arm around her waist. <laughs> Hi, my name's Ron. I'm an idiot. I did. She, she looked at me, and I went, I had no idea what to say. It was the first time I was embarrassed in a long time. I told Twyla, she's going, ah, ah, ah. That lady told everyone in the church, she's a gossip and I churched her. So, it's true, I did it. It was, she still reminds me to this day. Now, you know I'm not your wife. Oh, yes, yes, I know, thank you. <sighs> Could you change your hair color? Thank you. That wouldn't help. I'm colorblind, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Neither filthiness, foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know, that no whoremonger... So th there's a difference between those who follow Christ and those who don't. Can we all agree with that? So here's the big deal. Why are you reading those books trying to enhance your relationship by, oh, look, this book was on the Internet, and it's uh, promoted by... Dr. Love, and Dr. Love says if we read this, then it'll renew our relationship. That's ridiculous. The way your relationship needs to be renewed is that you both in particular decide, I'm not going to be like the world. I'm going to be like Christ. You have to make the choice. You go, well, I don't feel like I'm learning anything here. I mean, I know this is all about Christians. No, this is the problem with marriages and families. Nobody's taking the in particular very seriously. They're trying to blame it on everyone else. Listen to what else he says there in verse number seven. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. He says, don't be deceived. People tell you that it's okay to be this, but it's not. Don't be deceived. Being like the world is not acceptable to God. And it's not going to make you a better follower of God. You and I don't need gimmicks in our marriages. What we need is more Christ. Verse number eight. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. Listen, the Bible says in 1 John 1, 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanseth us us from all sin. First Thessalonians 5, 5, you're all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. This then is the message that we have heard of him, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If you're sitting with your wife watching some romantic movie that has nothing to do, I'm not against romantic, well, I am actually, but it's because I'm a guy. If there's no shooting in the movie, don't watch it. And so, uh, uh, I heard a preacher say that one time. I have to admit it was Brother Jeff Abels. But anyway, <laughs> the fact of the matter is that we're, we're looking for what the world has to offer and what the world has to offer is not what we need. I don't need to go to some seminar that tells me that, uh, and I'm just going to tell you these seminars are out there, that one affair is okay or two affairs are okay or open marriage is okay. And I don't need to be watching it on TV either. 
What goes in is what's going to come out. Garbage in, garbage out. It's true. I have somebody say, my mom says this all the time, my computer's doing this. I go, mom, it can't, it just can't do that. I'm telling you, it's taking over the world. It, no, mom, it has no brain. It only can do what you tell it to do. Now, albeit she's 79, and so don't tell her I told you. But, no, don't tell her I told you. I'm telling you the story, because then she'll really, she'll beat me. And so, I told you I was in an abusive relationship. Anyway, <laughs> mom, it can't do that. So I'll go in, and I'll say, look, I think you've got the cap lock on. You're just, that's why your password won't work. Well, I, I didn't do that. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I'm not going to argue with her. She's going to win. The fact of the matter is, you're going to do what you allow in. Now, I know we're sitting here, this is a little uncomfortable because you want to be told how communication is going to fix your marriage. What you need to do is only allow the things to go in what you want to come out. Because I'm telling you, if you listen to a movie that has cuss words, whether you're watching it with whatever pure vision or I don't know all the stupid things that they have out there. But I'm just telling you, if you know it's in the movie, you're going to hear it. Come on. Don't act like it. And we hear it every day, but we don't have to subject ourselves to it. He said, it, not only should it not be named among you, but you need to act like a child of light. There's one thing about light and darkness. They are different. And let me say it this way. They are as different as men and women. If you're a man and you think like a woman, do not talk to me, because I don't understand that business. You go, well, Brother Ron, you just don't have the mind I have. Thank the Lord. I just want to say that. I'm not mad, but I'm telling you, the, to change man to an effeminate nature is exactly what the world is trying to do. And the light and the darkness is still different. Darkness is absence of light. So if there's no darkness in God at all, we need to be aware that the darkness we put in is not where God is. Because light and darkness do not coexist. Think, think about this. We are light. Walk as a child of light. What does that mean? I think differently. I speak differently. I act differently. Now, right now, about now, you're saying, so you cried and made your wife cry like a baby. You cried like a baby. What kind of darkness is that? I told you I was not in a good spiritual place. Give me a play. And so lighten up. I'm, I'm telling you, we're so consumed with trying to live in the world. There's nothing more disheartening to me as a pastor than to go to a parent of a kid that I really love, that I am really care about, and I say to them, you know, I really, as a youth director, I did this, as a pastor, I did this, and I say, man, I really want to just kind of put a warning out for you. I'm concerned about what your kids are doing, and you're, you're letting them do this, and you're almost to 12, we're almost there. And so uh, what, you're, what you're allowing them to do, you're allowing them to, you're, they're going to miss this youth rally for, the prom or they're going to miss this uh, 
revival for this, or you're letting him go to the dance. And I'm just concerned that you don't understand what you're letting in is just going to stay there and it's going to thrive and it's going to grow. And here's what parents say. Uh, the, actually, the parents said this exact, these exact words to me. Well, you don't understand. I have to let, my kids have to live in this world and I need to let them understand what the world is like. No, you don't. And guess what? You don't need that in your life either. A person who says, I want, to throw, I want to throw gasoline on my child and light him with a match would be a sick person. Yet that very person will let them go to a, uh, go to a dance. And some of you are like, what are you living, light or darkness? There's a difference. There's a difference between a follower of God as a dear child and a follower of God as a grumbler. There's a difference between the, the person who knows how to love in Christ without expecting anything in return and the person who expects everything and has expectations for themselves. Me, 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 like Haman. Me, me, I'm going to kill him because he won't bow down to me. <laughs> Guess who died? Because that's the end of people that think like that. Well, Brother Ron now. We've been in church a long time, and I know that you... Listen, I, I'm not going to stand here and tell you that I was a great parent, that I did everything right. I'm not going to tell you that. I'm, I'm going to tell you flat out right now, the first probably five and a half, six years of twilight in my marriage was a nightmare for her because I made it horrible. It wasn't until I got under good preaching that I began to question, why am I this person and Brother McCracken was the one who said to me, you know your problem is? You live your life, she lives her life, and that's how you're happy. You need to live a life together or you're not going to make it. See, there's a difference between lightness and dark. Light means my way is directed by the Word of God. Darkness says... Well, I need the outside influences to help me make it. And the fact of the matter is, you might say, well, you're a preacher. And I haven't been a preacher all my life, believe it or not. I have not. I, I only started in this business like when I was 30, in my 30s. That's when I met Brother Ted. He was much older then and, than he is now. And so, But the fact of the matter is, if I'm going to walk in light, I've got to put out the darkness the Bible says this, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Does your life approve of darkness or does your life reprove darkness? When you sit around and talk with your lady friends, not you men, you ladies, just another whole thing. Guys, you shouldn't have lady friends you sit around and talk about with. I mean, you want to kill your marriage? Do that. That's your, I was talking to Margaret today, and, or whatever her name is, Cynthia, or whatever. Uh, I'm not saying Cynthia is a bad name. I think it's a cool name to say. Cynthia. And uh, see, it rolls off the tongue. Cynthia. Or uh, Frederica. That's not a good name. And so, or it could be Twyla but she is my friend, so don't talk about her. And so I was sitting around, you know, if you're a guy and you're sitting, that's a good way to your wife's going to, why were you, you never talked to me. 
bozo. She probably won't call you bozo to your face. Twyla's done that to me, but uh, it's okay. I am. <laughs> anyway, the fact of the matter is you and I have to make a choice about what our life approves. If, if, if your marriage was gauged by the Bible, does it reprove darkness or does it approve darkness? You know, well, okay, Brother Ron, I got this. I've heard this before. But have you ever associated with, if you're not this person, you're not going to be the man you're supposed to be and you're not going to be the wife you're supposed to be. You're going to be the husband. You're not, you, because without this decision, you will not be the people that follow this decision. You can't be. You can't choose one part of this chapter and preach it without saying, wait a minute, I've got to be this person before I can be a husband. Before I can be a wife. Why? You have to put these things into practice with God. Not with the world. You need to show the world that you're all in on this deal. You know one thing I've learned? That people don't understand till death do us part anymore. They don't get that commitment till death do us part. Brother Ron, we're here at a Christian thing. I mean, what do you... No, I'm telling you, men get this idea that, well, there's another. Well, that woman's paying attention to me. My wife never... Maybe your wife has 14 children and she doesn't know what to do with them. By the time you get home, that's 15 children. What does she need? Another child? No. But that's how men act sometimes. Well, Brother Ron, if she was more of a woman, oh my word. I've, you go, well, where are you getting this stuff? It's coming out of your head? No, it's, I'm telling you, I've heard it come out of Christian people's mouths in my office. A man admitted to me that he had 42 affairs in two years. 42. I said, he said, well, Brother Ron, you just don't understand. My wife just, she just can't meet my needs. I, I said this to him because I knew he was leaving the church anyway and there was no hope for him. I said, you are an idiot. He said, why? I said, you're the one who signed up for death till death do us part. She signed up and she still signed up. She wanted to forgive him. You want me to tell you why? I'll tell you exactly why. She's still in church today. You want me to tell you why? I'll tell you why. Because she is a follower of God as a dear child. She said, I didn't make this problem, but I still shouldn't change the way that I live. 42, and she was going to forgive him. You go, what an idiot. Well, it was going to take time. She knew that. But she loved. Oh, Brother Ron, now that's ridiculous. No, no, no. I'm telling you, love covereth a multitude of sin. You can move on, but you can if you're not this person. Does your life approve or does it reprove darkness? For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepeth and arise from the dead and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools but as wise, redeeming the time because the days 
are evil. A person that is walking in light desires to dispel darkness in their life by following Christ. And if Christ is in control of your life, your life will dispel darkness. Well, how do I do that? You've got to be in the word, understanding, studying it. The, the previous chapter says, neither give place to the devil. You've got to admit, I don't have time for the garbage of the world. I don't have time for the darkness. Darkness is for those who sleep. I need to be awake. You know why kids, parents are losing their kids? They're not awake. Their kids are in football, basketball. They think sending them to a Christian school will solve every problem. What are you? There's no sinners in Christian schools? It's like there's no sinners in church. Of course there are. Well, Brother Ron, I, I, we let them go to this, but we didn't know this was going to happen. Well, why didn't you ask? See, this is a, even now, I, I mean, I'm looking around. I, I, I know y'all don't think that the speaker sees people. You're wrong. And so I just thought I'd let you know, if you're sleeping right now, I see you. I used to, my favorite show as a kid was uh, Romper Room, where the lady would hold up her little magic mirror and say, Romper, stomper, bumper, boo. Tell me, tell me, tell me true. Have all my friends had fun today? Oh, I see Ronnie. And I'd go, oh, she knows my name. <laughs> she didn't know my name. I, just in case y'all didn't know. But I can't see, some of you are like this. Must have been a great dinner. <laughs> I'm hearing some of that. Like, <gasps> some of you are writing notes. <laughs> some of you are flat out like this. If you're not, you see, you'll never know I did this, but some of you are flat out like this. It is funny. I want to laugh every time I see it. And so, well, Brother Ron, it's just not interesting. The problem is, most of you in this room, I knew when I was coming tonight, in fact, I struggled with this because I wanted to be all up there and say, well, I can tell them how to communicate. All you need is a cell phone and know how to text. Because every person knows how to respond to that. All you have to do is do an Instagram. Like, hi, I'm at the couple's retreat. Look at all the paper. Tomorrow morning when you get up, say, here's my Bible. Here's my cup of coffee. Oh, I've been doing my devos today. Three hours with the Lord. When actually it was three hours putting on makeup, and that's just the guys. And so, <laughs> or trying to get the wrinkles out of your face because you wear one of those masks that keep you from snoring. But... Uh, I know we've all heard this. None, none of you haven't heard this. I mean, if you're in this room and you go to, to uh, Southwest Baptist Church or you, go, you don't go to Southwest Baptist Church, you watch whatever the frou-frou TV show is, I don't know, the TV TV because you're afraid of COVID, but you're here. And so um, <laughs> why not live stream this, huh? And so <laughs> evidently these people did. And so... 
<laughs> I get so distracted by empty seats. And so, the <laughs> Twyla's going, focus! I know we've heard it. I do know that. I, I know this is like beating a dead horse. It's not going to move. It's dead. I, I get it. But I don't, I don't think we put enough importance on it. If you have any problem in your marriage right now, what I would ask you to do is evaluate who you are in Christ and how you follow God. Don't talk to me about your husband or wife. Don't talk to me about some friend said or this, I read this book. No, no, stop. Tell me, are you a follower of God as a dear child? Do you love, no, no, don't, don't tell me the plethora of problems. I've been married this year, 40 years. There are problems in marriage. Welcome to the real world and planet earth. Like, I'm a Christian now, everything should be perfect. Ain't gonna happen, child. It is not gonna happen. I lived in Georgia, that's exactly what my teacher told me all the time. I don't wanna do this, that ain't gonna happen, child. You're gonna do it, why? I'm not making fun. That's how I was raised. Because I was taught, you're going to do whatever it takes to get through, and you're going to do it with a big smile because it's the greatest thing you've ever done. And the problem is, we don't want to put in the effort to be who we're supposed to be in Christ. You're not going to put in the effort in your marriage. You know why? I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. If Christ is living through me, this part should be easy. Living with someone is not. Being who Christ wants me to be is me simply saying, I'll obey. Well, look what it says in those last verses. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be not unwise, under, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. God, quit being unwise and follow the will of the Lord. What is the will of the Lord? That I be this person that's walking wise. That I understand what the will of the Lord is. That I am controlled by the Spirit of God. I know he's be not drunk with wine, where is it in excess? Well, when you're drunk with wine, you're controlled by it. So be controlled by the Spirit. You know what? We'll read these verses here in just a minute as we close out. But... You don't need to argue at each other. Jesus didn't do that. I mean, I liked all the men who said silence because there's a song. Silence is golden, golden. It's a great song because silence is golden. And the truth is, anytime you read anywhere in the Bible where a woman starts going off on a man, his ears shut off. Mrs. Job. Why don't you curse God and die? I mean, why did Satan let her live? It's obvious. It just is. <laughs> took the children, took the cattle, did not take the wife. 
Think about it, people. Think about it. I'm just saying. This is serious. You got to think like this whenever you're, why did he leave the wife alive? Because Satan was like, <laughs> watch this. <laughs> why don't you curse God and die? I told you. I'm telling you. Job said, you know what? Naked came I into this world. Naked Woman, you're talking like a crazy woman. Men don't listen to that because there's no need for it. Well, how am I supposed to make? My daughter said this one time. This is, this, is how, this is how we think in the kind of craziness that has to be driven out of children. Well, how am I supposed to know if I want to marry him unless I kiss him before we're married? I said, try it and let's see what happens to your lips. We'll iron them right off. Psst, you won't be able to kiss again. Dad, you wouldn't do that. Don't try me. <laughs> yes, sir. I don't know if she kissed him or not. If I ever find out, I don't know what I'll do. But <laughs> the problem wasn't the statement. The problem is, or wasn't the, the, yeah, it wasn't the statement. It was the thought process that went into the statement. Why do we think that's okay? Well, it's because we don't know the will of God. To know the will of God, you've got to walk in the will of God. And that's why you have to be here every day. If you're going to be who you're supposed to be, if I'm going to be who I'm supposed to be, I can't be a pastor without being this person. And I certainly can't be a good father, grandfather, or parent, or husband without being this person. And then he says, you know, you, you, need to, you need to speak to yourself in psalms, hymns, hymns, and spiritual songs. Put the right things in your life and let the right things come out of your mouth. Amen. And then you need to give thanks to the Lord. And then you need to be willing to submit yourself for inspection to other followers of God. <coughs> well, I don't want the... I've had people say, well, don't tell the pastor... Or I know this has been said, how did you know that well, you preached today? How did you know that was about me? Well, how did you know I was going to be here? I had no idea you were going to be here, but I know somebody who did. Your brother Ron, that's never happened to you. It, it has happened. I've had other things happen to me. The lady walked up to me and told me that I was too funny. I said, how can a person be too funny? She said, well, Jesus wasn't funny. I went, have you read the Bible? Do you think Jesus said everything calm, you know? <sighs> Get thee behind me, Satan. I didn't do it. Get thee behind me, Satan. Ah, uh, Lazarus is dead. How many of you think went, come on, guys, Lazarus is dead? Lord, if he sleepeth, he doeth well. Nothing. Lazarus is dead. The problem is that we won't submit ourselves to, I'll just tell you right now, Brother Rocky. Brother Rocky, I, want, I give you permission to inspect my life. Am I a follower of God as a dear child? So why would I say that to my wife? 
This isn't, a, this isn't all about us having a confession tonight and saying to one another, okay, I'm going to confess my fault time. My name is Ron. I'm an alcoholic. Or I'm in a bad relationship. Or, hi, my name's Ron. I have children. Will you pray for me? <laughs> That's a worthy prayer request. The problem is we, we think everything in our life is private. And here's what God says. If you're going to be right with me, you're going to take a little bit of constructive criticism and you're going to do some introspection and find out who you really are with me. So I would just ask you this question. When, when the Bible tells us that we're supposed to be followers of God as dear children... Would you be willing to submit, to submit to your wife or your husband and say, Honey, am I a follower of God as a dear child? Do I love as Christ loves? No, if you want to start a, a war, I, the problem is pride. And that's where submission comes in. And that's why the next thing he talks about is submission. Because that's the thing that stops submission is pride. And the point being, this point being, today when someone's confronted, hey, you're not living like Christ would have you to live. You say you're a Christian, but you look like darkness. You look like you have darkness all over you. You're not walking in light. You're walking in darkness. You, it's none of your business. Judge not lest you be judged. Why well, be in church longer than you? No wonder we're at each other's throats as married couples. When this relationship is right, this relationship will be right. If this relationship is wrong, this relationship is not right. Period. This is where it's got to start. Before we even get into what men and women's responsibility is in the marriage, this has got to be right. And I'm telling you, personal testimony, I did not think like this. I didn't think it was that important. I sent my wife to church. I went when I felt like it. When she came home, I expected her to meet my expectations. Why? Because I didn't love her like Christ loves her. I loved her because I wanted something. That's not what Christ did. My life was full of darkness. Friends, movies, influences. She was walking in the light. I hated her for it. Hate is the word. It made me feel guilty. You know why? Because light reproves darkness. Well, Brother Ron, that's too bad. I've never been in that kind of relationship. So you ask your wife, am I? You ask your husband, am I? Submit yourselves to one another in the fear of God. Fearing God, say, I really want to know. Or do you? Every head bowed, every eye closed.